We're gonna do something. I don't know what. We're fantasy baseball. We're a baseball. Podcast. We're a podcast. Yeah, we're podcast. It's seriously baseball. Baseball. Five fans. Four fans. Let's talk baseball. What is he on today? What? I have no idea what's going on. Nor do I. Oh well, you're the uh, you're, you're the producer. Start of the show. What do you want from me? Because I'm an idiot. That's beautiful. That's really the best thing you've ever said on this podcast. Like, oh my god, did you see that guy's butt? Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, oh, that's magic. I have no idea what's going on here. Nor do I. I, I don't know how to flick. <laughs> you cannot take that out of No, no. Okay. No, no. Yeah, we're going to do no, no stuff. <laughs> No, yeah. no, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> that's exactly how you do that's it, actually. exactly how you do it. Yeah. Welcome to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Glenn. I am joined by my co-host, Mike. Hello. And our lovely friend, Dizzle. Hi. I'm not even a producer anymore. You said I was producing tonight. <laughs> tonight. Just tonight. You did. I did. Yeah, you gave up the producer. Can I still yell at you guys for clicking your pens? Oh yeah. Okay. I don't even brought. I don't know if I brought a pen. There's a box. There's a box of fourteen spice pens right there. You'll be all right. Pens. Uh, We are here to give you what? Yesterday's takes, two days late, something like that. The hot, the hot stove, the hot bit, the hot thing, whatever it is we do here on the uh, the old baseball podcast. But you know, first, just like what you guys, what's been going on? I've I learned something interesting that that I think that you will enjoy. Maybe you maybe you know about it. Okay. Um, I, I heard something on I don't even know what it was satellite radio yesterday about the origin of the safety dance. I know you're a fan of the safety dance. I. I you want to? How about you give us some backstory again about a, you I, and the safety I dance? I get a kick out of the safety dance. I I wouldn't say that like it's not on my like. It, it's not on my like you know top ten all time. It's not on like a desert island playlist, but I mean it. How it, old were you when you found out that it was a real song? <laughs> I was like seventeen. Like, <laughs> That's what I was getting. I wanted you to, to bring the good stuff. I didn't think that I thought the safety dance was a song for children uh, through most of my like childhood and early teen years because like my my dad would make me like cassette tapes with like songs that I liked and silly funny and I mean like it. I mean. It sounded like a kid's song. They spelled out the word safety, so it was like that helped me learn <laughs> that valuable lesson. I yeah. learned that, like, you know, if your friends don't dance and if they don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. You know, like, that's, that's true. that all seemed like valuable uh, stuff. But, yeah, I think, uh, at, yeah, like, one day I was watching, like, a VH1 something or another countdown. I was probably, like, 16 years old, and it was like, here's Men Without Hats and the safety dance. Or, or, is that what it was? Men Without No. Men Without Hats was the... No, I, I thought of who it was. What the hell am I thinking of? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the safety dance. Toto? Was it? No, definitely not Toto. <laughs> Africa? Yeah. Well, that's a different song. Yeah. But what did you... Okay, so you learned something about the safety dance, other than my lack of knowledge of it being a real song. Did you... It would have been a better story had you learned about it because you were watching Biodome, but whatever. Well, I could understand. Like, I probably did see Biodome before that, but just thought that they had picked like the wacky children's oh, weird kid song, song you know, yeah. like from my youth. So what? What I found out is that the safety dance was written almost in a well, in a rebellious way, because in the I mean, when did that come out? Early eighties. Eighty three. Okay, so around that time in in clubs, eighty two. Sorry, eighty two. Thank you. Not a producer. Ain't no loser. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, a producer. Around that time period, um, young people in clubs were pogoing. I think is I think is the term. Pogoing is a thing that led to moshing. It's basically during a concert, jumping up and down in place. Yeah. Oh, I, pogoing. I mean, if you you can visualize it, it makes sense. Yeah, that I've I've seen that occur. Um, spontaneously amongst um i used to be a big pogoer i didn't know it actually had a name but yeah i used to pogo i was not a huge pogoer i was a like you were a headbanger i was a slam your way to the front of the stage elbowing anybody and everybody in a in an effort to get closer to the to whatever metal band i was trying to like have sweat all over me that 
that afternoon, that evening. So poll going apparently was was a big thing, and it was being outlawed at clubs. So security guys working in clubs would have to stop you from poll going because it wasn't safe. Okay. So then they they came out with the song, the safety dance, mocking the fact that grown adults in clubs weren't allowed to pogo anymore. So the safety dance was a protest song. Uh, uh, sure. Like, not necessarily on the level of... I mean, like, where would you rank it amongst, like, the the Billy Braggs, the Woody Guthrie's, the Bob Dylan's of I would, our time? I would put it pretty far Pete down. Seeger, it's. I mean, it's, it's no Ohio, I'll tell you that. But I, I have I have heard you tell many a story about the safety dance. Maybe it's the same, like two stories over and over okay, well, again. I told but you I've that, heard them a lot. I told you that story because I uh, because I in following in the footsteps of of my father made a made a mix CD for your son yeah. at some point or another that that included that and probably I'm trying to think like it would have had to have had Jump in the Line by. Harry Belafonte. It's, on well, there. it's got some ACDC on it. Right. Does it have ACDC? I think on it does. There? It's got some. I'm sure it's got Queen. Yeah, I think We Will Rock You was probably on yeah. there because that's always good for there. kids and the hand claps. Yeah. Um, is is Saturday Night by the Bay City yes. Rollers yes. on there? Yes. Yes. It See, because again, the spelling stuff. I think that's <laughs> useful. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. And then you. Some just, adults could use that to be dude, honest. You just keep on dancing to the rock and roll on Saturday night. Saturday night. Everything's going to be all right. I, 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 I wonder what we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> Some kind of... Sad. Sorry. Oh, such a good tip. So that's, yeah, that's, that's my fun little tidbit for you for this week is... I I heard that and I was like, I got to tell Glenn about this. I like that. Did you figure out what the, was that, what the band was called? Yeah, you were right. It was Men Without Hats. Okay, yep. then who the hell was the band that did Down Under? Come from the land Down Under? Yeah, because weren't they men with something or another too? I don't think there so. were a lot of men with things. Men at work. Men at work. Oh, okay, yeah, it yeah. was men with something. You're right. Yeah, men at work. You're not crazy. Men without hats. Men. There's just a lot of, just a lot of men running around protesting pogos and et cetera, et cetera. That's how the, uh, the '80s. They were a fun, lovely, um, nostalgic. Time. You know what song is stuck in my head now? Because I got '80s music in there. What? Come on, Eileen. Oh yeah, that's right in that. I love that song. That's right in that wheelhouse. If we were like Dexy's Midnight Runners, yeah. one of the best band names of all time. If we were on some kind of like podcast satellite radio thing right now, like doing an '80s nostalgia bit, yeah. I bet those could be the next three songs, and people would be like, "These guys really know their shit." <laughs> oh, which is never going to happen when we talk about baseball, which we are going to, I think, do at tonight. some point. I don't know. Yeah. Like, if you got any other like. If I maybe like maybe we'll take a break in a little while here, and I'll just come up with another like '80s rock and roll. Did you just cross out an idea? I <laughs> know like, you know what. Not gonna get to that. Safety dance taking up too much. Time. No, I crossed off safety dance. Oh, okay. Cool. What's funny is safety dance is like the fifth thing on my list. It's not even where I like started. Okay. Um, but it's it's there. So well, that's that's fine. Doing. I mean, like sometimes you put all the everything just sort of happens naturally, and we cohesive. No, not cohesively. It's definitely no, the opposite no. We of we that. definitely jump around. Uh, so ooh, like pogoing. <laughs> Thank Even you. Jump around. I mean, like God, do you realize how fast like a House of Pain concert would have gotten shut <laughs> down under these like fascist regimes of of anti pogoing sentiment? Yeah, that would have been no fun. Yeah, dude, brutal. I can't. I can't even imagine the. What would Everlast have done? It, it maybe would have derailed his entire career. Oh, that would have been lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we're gonna do baseball though, right? Tonight we got. Yeah, we're um, definitely gonna do baseball. We gotta talk about what do we gotta talk about? We gotta talk about Slam Diego. We gotta talk about Slam Diego for um, sure. We probably gotta talk about the. Uh, we probably gotta pile on the bandwagon, beat the dead horse, and you know, whip it about, good about um, the unwritten rules. About the unwritten nice, rules. Nice, everybody nice, else. Uh, nice Devo there. That's. Quality. I'm going to see how many of these <laughs> we can work in tonight. I think it's the. I think it's the new bit. So, yeah, we should probably take a quick break, um, come back for Slam Diego, Unwritten Rules, and how many uh, 80 song titles we can reference in the next, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour or so. Sound like a plan? Sounds awesome. Excellent.
Okay, then this is the part where you talk. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Mike, joined as always by my bestie, Glenn. Yeah. And our producer... Did you pull a muscle? Dizzle. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new name, just so you know. Thank you for doing that. What? Um, pull a muscle? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's strange. It seems longer than Dizzle and doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, so you, at the very end of the last segment, had mentioned the Slam Diego Padres. Slam Diego Super Padres. Is that like a thing? That, <laughs> I don't know. It is my now. thing now? Can I do a thing? The, the whole situation is amazing. Ah, yeah, poetic justice. It's not just a Seriously. 90s movie starring Janet Jackson, is it? This is what you get for opening <laughs> your mouth and being an ass. There's, I know it's... Just for starters, is there anything wrong with what Tatis Jr. did? No. I have no issue with it. No, the, the only thing, the only thing I could possibly see being wrong with it is that is if, in fact, he ignored a take sign from his third base coach. And that's not... Per se, that's just between him and his coaches. That's just something they have to figure out. If he's ignoring his coaches, then that goes to his attitude and how he's going to perform for that team. But that's got nothing to do with me as a fan of baseball. Right. So I know I have well, no problem. And let's be with honest. It. In the Rangers' dugout, would they have known that? No. No, and I don't think that's what it's. It, it's just a lot of the stuff that's come out. From... Well, yeah, Jace Tingler came out and said, "Hey, he wasn't he he wasn't supposed to, but he did." But who cares? Two tinglers in two weeks, right? Bass. I got the tingles, man. I love it. But uh, I mean, seriously, pitch better. Don't suck. Yeah, you're you're down three zero, and you and you groove him a pitch, and he and he puts it in the seats. You get three, sorry about it. You already got three guys on base. You're clearly not in... I don't know if it was that pitcher who had got all these three guys on base. I didn't pay that much attention to it. But whatever, you're done. Honestly, I don't care that much. I care about the result. And Tatis Jr. and the Slam Diego Padres have basically shut you up. Yeah. And and what I I, I love that all of the people who are on the, like, those are the unwritten rules. We play that game this way kind of stuff. All those people who are like... You know, retaliation comes in the form of us hitting, you know, one of your guys and stuff like that. No, you know what? Retaliation for being a dipshit who's like too tied to some legacy that is just ridiculous. The retaliation for that comes in giving up four grand slams in four days. In four days. Which, by the way, the thing that's going to go down, like, I understand that everybody's hyping it as like uh, San Diego's the first team to hit four grand slams in four days. Holy crap. The Texas Rangers would then be the only team to ever give up four Grand Slams in four days. Agreed. That's bad. Like, that spells trouble for, for your well, for, pitching for, staff. For a team who had really good pitching last year, and let's be honest, Lance Lynn has still had a really good season. He, I actually, like, looked up their team ERA, like, yeah. and their stats on baseball reference before I came over here, and... Um, Lance Lynn's ERA is like 137, and everybody else's yeah. is is above four. You know what's worse than that? I don't. There's only one pitcher on the entire Red Sox squad who has an ERA under four, and he's he's pitched like nine innings. He's a reliever. That's how and bad their pitching is. And now is. that we've mentioned both Lance Lynn and like vaguely referred to somebody who may or may not currently be on the Red Sox roster, yeah. they will both go down in flames. It's just what we do here on this podcast. It is what we do. Uh, we curse the... Uh, I only have Lance Lynn on one of my four fantasy baseball teams, so I can deal. Okay. Well, then, you know, if you can live with your own curse, then that's fine. Can I? You know what else I realized, though, in, in thinking about Slam Diego and the Texas Rangers? What? I have never, ever cared about the Texas Rangers. No. Well, they went to the World Series in, what, back-to-back years? Yeah. And I didn't care. It's really strange, though, like... I'm an, I'm an AL guy, and I didn't care. I can't think of a Texas Ranger I've ever been, like, enamored with. Not true. Really? Pudge Rodriguez. Yeah, I... It... Fine. Like, yeah. I don't hate the guy by yeah. any stretch. I was a big Juan Gonzalez fan back in the day, too. Uh, yeah, again, like, nobody who ever made me, like, made me go, like, that's a jersey I would buy. 
You know, oh, that, no. that kind of feeling, anything like that. Um, Adrian Beltre was was like, a badass. But like, too. I can roll through like I can roll through a lot of different teams and come up with reasons why, at some point or another, I cared about them to some extent. I can't think of one for the Texas, other than the fact that I just read a book about them, like the seventy-three yeah. to seventy-five Texas Rangers, and that's some amusing stuff. Like Whitey Herzog, quite a character. Yeah, interesting. His first was it, yeah, it was his first managing yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it didn't. La- and then Billy Martin, again, quite a character. Yes, yeah. an interesting. Uh, what the hell was that book? Seasons in Hell. Yeah, uh, totally recommended baseball read if you if you track it. Seasons in Hell uh, on the road with the worst team in baseball history, the seventy three to seventy five Texas Rangers. Um, so yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. Anyway, I don't know why it, it just seemed weird to me. It, like caught me off guard. I was like, I, I've never cared about the Texas Rangers. Like I'm I. We've talked about on the podcast, like we've both been kind of into the Padres the last couple seasons for you sure. Know, it's like cool. I, I want to see something good happen for them. You know, like we, I've got different players on different teams who I've been, you know, enamored with over the years. You know, like I wanted to see Boston like break the curse. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when they did, I'm over it. I'm over the Red Sox. Well, they've won like four. So I yeah, do, you know, like I don't like, I don't care about them that much. I was gonna anymore. say I'm over the Cubs. Just the mess with you well, that's but. fine like i i can i can appreciate that too but like i've I, i've never had to get over the texas rangers i don't know why anyway but like because you've never been under them yeah it's possibly true um so do you want to like dogpile on to the um the, the unwritten rules beating of the dead horse that we, is we can, we can a little bit i mean i think we're both realistic baseball fans like there are there are some things that are unwritten rules of baseball that I'm like fine that's I, I don't care that's okay, but but generally speaking let let the old bullshit go away and let the kids play. Has anybody ever considered that the reason that so many of these rules are like unwritten is because of how stupid they would look if they were if you read them? Down? Yeah, if you wrote down like. You shouldn't bunt to break up a no hitter in the seventh inning. Well, what if you're down one to nothing? You're down one to nothing. You're getting no hit. They've got some wacky ass shift on, and the possibility of you yeah. getting on base, which, by the way, is how you get to score runs and win games. Right. Bunt the shit out of that ball. I agree. Go get you some. Get on that base. That's how you do now, things. Now, like, otherwise, shut the game down after seven innings and just be like, ha ha, he no hits you. Well, they started it. doing that, which I, yeah, I which suppose sucks, they're but... onto that, but. Um... It's hard to it's hard to blame them in this in this weird season. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I, man. I mean, like, but the, yeah, this this whole bit of like you just don't you, you can't do stuff like that. It's like, oh, for Christ's sake! Like, will you? But, stop? And that, but that it, those are the things that stop baseball from from being enjoyed by new people. They would stop baseball from evolving. Yeah, uh, naturally evolving, which is which is what I I find complicated. You know, like you've brought this up before where our star baseball players are not household names, whereas the guys in the NBA and the guys in the NFL are household names. And a lot of that does have to do with their personality. And if you look at the NFL and you look at guys like uh, Terrell Owens and Randy Moss and Chad Ochocinco, Johnson, whatever the Gigantic hell. personalities. Yeah, and love them and, or hate and them. stars. And I, I mean, like, I disliked most of those guys' personalities. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be totally honest about I, it. I, but I did I, not I know I loved and hated were. Moss. You know, I, I loved him because he was on my team, but I hated him because he was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I did not know who those guys were. People knew who those guys yep. were. You know, personalities can can be big for the sport. We love Mike Trout. Yeah. Mike Trout's as vanilla as they come. And Mike Trout, nobody's talking about how amazing he is this year either. Right. Well, and I mean, like, honestly, the other thing about Trout is, like, I love Mike Trout as much as the next guy, yeah. but I'm not excited about Mike Trout. No, because you know? I, I expect like, it. Yeah, I'm just like, cool, that's the thing that's happening. Am I excited that, you know... About Tattoos Jr.? Yeah. Hell but, yeah. You know, like, I want there to be competition for that role. Yeah. I don't want it to be there's this guy and there's everybody else the, in Major League Baseball. The great thing about the NFL and the NBA is the next up mentality has always been there. And then the next stars have just always naturally risen and become the next stars. Did you see, can we can we go just totally off baseball and do Minnesota for a second? Always. The Timberwolves <laughs> are going to fuck it up. Lottery winners. <laughs> How will they conspire to bollock up this entire... Well, something stupid. You know what the conspiracy theory is, right? 
<laughs> they wanted they wanted the the Wolves to get the first pick to help Glenn Taylor sell the team. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, it's deep. It's cryptic. There's a, there are always a lot of conspiracy theories when it comes to the draft in the NBA. Is basketball basketball? I feel like has always been full of conspiracy and yeah. And I mean, ever since uh, I think foolery. since the Knicks got the first pick and got Patrick Ewing, the the rumor was that they that they had like frozen the the Knicks card to make sure that it got there was a pulled. book there was a book that I remember seeing like that is probably 10 15 years ago at this point but like it was something about like the greatest sports like the biggest scandals in sports history or something yeah. like and I really want I'm gonna try to remember to like look for that on Amazon or some damn thing when I get home can I say Amazon yeah yes. is it is it alright to say Amazon I don't know you can't say March Madness Oh shit! I forgot about that. Oh man, what kind Leave of mad- that out. what kind of madness can we have? It's not March, so I'm not worried about it. What are you? You're just like a you're like a director now, more than a producer. You're just like here. I don't actually. I'm not going to do this, but I am going to tell you that you must do this. Is that your new thing? Do you want it to be not anything? Bleep out the madness. <laughs> Don't believe about the man. It's the best part. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm on Amazon right now looking for your book. Thank you very like much. like sitting on her. <laughs> Remove the madness <laughs> from my presence. Yeah, you're going to have to go somewhere else for that to happen. Carry on. Yeah, where it's going to be nothing but madness from here on out. <laughs> anyway. Um... And you wonder why I try to... Nothing. No, <laughs> since we're since we're trying to figure out where we're at right now, let's mention our friends over at the My Franchise no. Football Podcast. Uh, Marty, Jeremy, and Tom Flounder, whatever he's going by. Oh yeah, they're full of madness. Well, I don't know if they're full of madness; it's full of something. Yeah, uh, but but give them a listen. I mean, their football season is literally right around the corner. Uh, drafts are happening all the time right now. If you if you're not sure what to do. I don't know if they're going to help you, but check them out anyways. I think I have one next week. I have, yeah, I'm still waiting for my, my last one. Oh, really? So, we'll... Is it um, on Flea Flicker? It didn't it's start, not on like, Flea Flicker. It didn't it's... start last August, and it's wrapping up just oh, now. Oh, man, for real. Like, the struggle is real to draft on Flea Flicker. It really is. You know, I don't think it's Flea Flicker in general. I think it's people setting the... Because te- you can change the amount of time that, that you have to make picks. Yeah. Like, you could set it to an hour. Yeah, but when you're but when you're doing it, if you're not doing a live draft, because I mean that's when it's set up that way, it's not a it's not considered a live draft anymore. Right. Well, it's, it's considered like an email draft or something. Yeah, and I I understand that, but I mean like so just just have it be like an hour during the day, and then like change it to like eight hours once like ten o'clock. Well, kicks people in. like you, you don't look at your phone all day long. No, but I mean like I do know that it's four hours until my pick. You know, I do know that I have the I'm the fourth guy on the clock, and everybody's got that. So, like at a maximum, it's three hours, and then I have to pick. What if they all pick in two minutes? Then I would. Then you only have an hour. Have like, a lot of people have like <laughs> notifications and things like that turned on. If I'm in the middle of a draft, I'll make time to figure out if it's my pick right now, and if I have less than an hour to accomplish it. And get at the end of the day. If, like, that hour time limit prevents me from, like, if I can't make it happen in that hour, then whatever, I have LeGarrette Blunt. I don't care. Is LeGarrette Blunt still a thing? <laughs> no. I don't think so. I think he's done. You, know, you should look that up. Um, we should find out. You spell like, Blunt, B-L-O-U-N-T, just so you know. That's how you spell Blunt. I'm going to show you something Blunt. Can I be Blunt? <laughs> Certainly. It's time to take a fucking break. <laughs> We'll be back with more madness on the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. For fans, by fans. I don't want to 
say anything. I don't want to waste this good material. I don't want to say anything interesting that's not on this damn podcast. Always be recording. ABC, I'm telling you. ABC. Like courting? Always yeah. be courting? Yeah. Bravo. I've said this like three <laughs> times. It's the first time that you've caught that I'm wrong. It's passed both of you multiple times. You want to welcome us back? <laughs> Madness, I say. <laughs> welcome back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Glenn. I am joined by my co-host, Mike Giello, and our producer, director, let's go back, to, master. We go back to master of all things. I like that one. That was a solid one. The master of all things, Dizzle. Thank you. Banisher of madness. Not true. Not Clearly. at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what just happened there, but... Um, you almost feed your pants. Yeah, pretty close. A lot of uh, a lot has happened in in baseball that other than just the unwritten rules dogpile on on that. And like I to 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 kind of put a button on that though. Uh, I'm glad to see that a great many current and former baseball players are on the side of Tatis and not on yeah. the side of the alleged unwritten rules most of the former players who seem to be on the side of the unwritten rules seem to be of the broadcaster variety um, yeah and they're probably just trying to keep their status as elder statesmen of the game so let's, all the... let's not get too deep into broadcaster situations right yeah, now no not at the moment um but that that way all the cranky sobs who uh who still listen to who who you know still believe in the unwritten rules and follow the game and in that fashion, I think they get their their brotherhood from from those types. But, um, dude, so we've got Slam Diego, we've got yep. the uh, we've got the Yankees, uh, like totally snake bit the by the injury bug Yankees. again. Yeah, crazy. I mean, they're I mean they're they're still in second, and they're they're half a game out. I mean, they Tampa Bay is a really good ball club. They're playing really well right now. The the Yankees could fall a couple games back. Waiting for guys to well, come out. La- that's what we said last year when they were snake bitten with all the injuries. And we're like, yep, yeah, they're done. They got no chance. But I just like, what is going on with? Why is that a thing? I don't know. It's you have to wonder. Is is it a problem with their medical staff? I mean, is is it a problem with guys who you got you got the pinstripes on and you're you're too proud to say you can't play and that, the, and you make it worse? I don't know. That was always my uh, that was always the thing that freaks me. It doesn't out of the park baseball and I always had it with like Madden too where like you're on your like third season and for some reason people just keep getting so like you just go and fire your whole like training so you're just like I need to all the money I think they're the best trainers in the world. I need like we got to do better than this. Yeah. Like I don't want them to get hurt anymore. Cuz you're in the middle of like a record breaking season and the only records that are left to break are the ones you broke the previous two seasons yeah. like Yay! For some reason, I was the Cincinnati Bengals, and Carson Palmer threw th- through for like eleven thousand yards in Week Thirteen. <laughs> Sounds like a video <laughs> yeah, game. Some kind of nonsensical thing like that. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know what's I don't know what the thing is. I I do wonder, and I have wondered this year: are guys are guys more apt to just take their IL stint? Even though it is a whopping almost twenty percent of the season, the ten day IL. Yeah, I don't know. Are you like so? If you're, or, or or is it the complete opposite where guys are like I can't I can't miss a six of the season? No, I think more guys would be apt to take the IL spot, not risk further damage to themselves in a shortened season when okay. the rest of their career is on the line. That's why I think guys are jumping. Uh, would be jumping for the, the yeah I'm hurt cool like let's not let's not yep. screw this up anymore like I wasn't gonna break any records this year mm. yeah that's that's fine I wasn't gonna get cool. paid this year yeah like when you're still getting paid if you're on AIL right well you know what I mean like I like right. like I, I I'm not gonna put up such ridiculous numbers that right. you have to pay me yeah yeah exactly so which is another thing by the way back to the Tati situation with the like he's not gonna get 
more money in arbitration when he's the best player in the National League and his stats back it up. Like, yeah. screw you. Throw like, If you can't throw strikes, don't throw one right at that moment. It's not the best time for it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of throwing strikes, I am not going to mention the name of the player, nor the team, nor the milestone that he very nearly achieved eight innings of. But can we stop saying no-no? Dude, I, I have no problem with no-no. Can, like, really? We sound no, like I, I'm sorry children. I don't. I don't. Sometimes are, sometimes we are small to- children. So just I don't really, understand why you have an issue with that. I just think it sounds silly. It's like, oh, he's got a no-no. Oh, he's going to get himself a no-no. Like, that sounds like you're getting sent to the chair in the corner <laughs> in, the, in the first grade classroom. You got a no-no. What the- I, will t- I will tell you why... Kenta Maeda didn't get a no-no. It's my stepdad's what? fault. Oh, fair enough. Okay. It we is. were. He, he was. He was through, through seven and a third, and he and he hollers downstairs. Hey, you watching the game? Uh, yeah, it's on in the background. Uh, Maeda's throwing a no-no in the seventh. Yeah, because he said no-no. I don't know if he said no-no. Okay. He might have said no hitter. I think he said no hitter. That sounds classier. Just <laughs> uh, be classy. We can do it with <laughs> Granny too. I'm okay. We can get rid of Granny. That's fine. I'm okay fine. with that too. Granny actually. doesn't sound. But I'm, like, no, I'm fine with no, no, man. And I also think home run and Homer are more than enough. I don't need to go any further. I will grudgingly accept Dinger, but beyond that, like we don't need that many terms for home runs. We just don't. Why? Because it sounds good. It's ridiculous. I know I sound like I just like it's a Homer. It's a home run. How many nicknames did Babe Ruth have? Three. Like seventeen. How, saying, many, it, how it, many things did they call the home runs that he hit? I don't know. Isn't that somewhere in the unwritten rules? Thou shalt simply <laughs> call it a homer. Isn't there anything better? Like, no, no, that's, unwrite, sorry, like, that's not in there. Sorry. Can't we unwrite? I checked the lease. It's not there, man. I'm sorry. Can't we unwrite dinger? Can't we unwrite no no? You're a fucking curmudgeon. I am. Like, I'm seriously. perfectly happy with it. <laughs> I can tell. We already have a term for a thing. I don't need a hundred other ones. For yep. the record, Babe Ruth only had twelve that I can. Oh, that was come on. Twelve. <laughs> Is there like a? Will you make like a hide and seek puzzle thing? You know, there's shit oh, that like yeah. pops up on your feed all the time. It's yeah. like here's thirty albums from the '90s. See how many you can name. Like, and it's pictures. Just try it. <laughs> No, 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 no. There's 12. How There's many, 12 months. You know what to do. Yeah. How many Babe Ruth <laughs> nicknames can you spot? <laughs> What's your favorite Babe Ruth nickname? Um, okay, I have a question. <laughs> are you counting Babe as a nickname? Yes. Okay, cool. I just wanted to be clear on that. Like, we are just calling him by his most <laughs> famous and most widely accepted name. name. Oh, yeah. I found another article that says 23. 23. So... <laughs> 17 is looking pretty good. Yeah, What's your favorite Babe Ruth nickname? The I, I have to say Salt in the Swamp. That's mine yeah, too. Mine that's too. the I mean it's it's Sandlot. The Sandlot. The Salt in the Swamp. The Salt in the Swamp. The Colossus of Cloud. Yeah. The Colossus and of Cloud. Run it all down. Yeah. Bam, I I've the never great liked Bambino. the Great Bambino. No. That, again, it just sounds. It's got that like. I lo- I love the Great Hambino. That's good stuff. That's yeah. solid. But you know, I yeah I don't know. I don't need that many. I don't need that many silly names for plays. Yeah. You're, you're a curmudgeon. Um, yeah, but if you were an announcer or you're a radio broadcaster, well, I will, I will you say, be kind of sick of saying the same words over and over? Like, you're looking for a new adjective. You're looking for a new... No, if you, you, if you take it there. from that perspective, like, I hate it. Really? Oh, yeah. Listen, listen to guys try to force something to be a thing is terrible. Okay, but can't you, like, from their perspective, like, if you were in that seat, though, like, wouldn't you get sick of saying the same words over and over? Like, they're looking for something new. They're looking for... I will make... I, I'm, I give them credit. I, I back them up. Everybody loves the Yankees broadcaster. I can't stand him. He's the most annoying there is. Nobody likes the announcers from the other teams, especially <laughs> teams they don't like. <laughs> yeah, that's not why. No, it is. Uh, except Vin Scully. If you don't like Vin Scully, get the fuck out. Get of out. <laughs> Just be done. Be gone. Away with you. Harry Callis too. We should do like a, like an all time top five broadcasters one night. No, it's just Vin Scully and Harry Callis. 
That's not true. That's that covers it for me. Um, yeah, we, we should get around to that. Speaking of broadcasters, yeah, you want to talk about Tom Brennan? Uh, briefly, I'm okay with briefly. How dumb do you have to be? Pretty dumb. Seriously, like you, so, how how like stop pretending to be a good person. Just be a good person. Yeah, like it's for really real. simple. Like. Stop, don't apologize for it after the fact. Like, you know, like, you kick this bit off with, like, always be recording or always be courting or whatever the hell you're talking about. But, like, you've got to know that the microphone is in the the place you're in, right? Yeah. You've got to know that somebody's going to turn that thing on. So don't apologize and do this whole bit. Yeah, don't. you. that's who you are. Don't yeah. apologize. Own who you are. You're a terrible person. Go away. Yeah, just don't, don't be dumb. Yep. Don't, and, like... By the way, no, not even. Don't be dumb. Just be a better person. Well, that's a, a, a big step in the right direction. Um, I'm. I don't know if it's happened yet, but like, did he get fired? What's the the, uh, he the dealio? He, he hasn't been fired, as okay. far as I know. He he was removed from the booth a couple innings later. What happens all the time in these scenarios is, regardless of what his punishment is, the whatever happened to freedom of speech people come out. All the time. Yeah, and they did big time. And they don't understand how that works. Yeah. Like... You have the freedom to say whatever you want in your own life on your own time. Yes, and you have the, and you have the freedom to say it there. And your job, the people who employ you, have the freedom to say... You can't say that yeah, here. you don't get to say that, so go fly a kite, go work elsewhere. Yeah, he suspended. He was also he also did some football stuff, and it's already been announced that he will not be doing football games. Yeah, he was kind of all over the place. I mean, he was a pretty big. He, he's he's a big name. He, he is one. I mean, I like I can hear the sound of his voice. Like I I, I recognize his voice. Yeah. Um. I I, I will say so. I I saw the headline. and I was like, what did he do? So I so I found it. Um. I forget the guy's name. I'll I'll find it in the break. Uh, Jeff Passan, maybe a guy who I who oh, I sure, follow. Yeah, he yeah. he he posted he posted a link to to it before uh, before people started taking it down. And I it, as soon as I heard it, the first thing I thought of was an episode from Brockmire. For those of you, of you who don't know, Brockmire is a is a <laughs> is a very cool TV show on. I think it's on IFC. I, I think, think it's, it's a IFC, station that it's yeah. on. It's all about a former sports cat or a, a former major league broadcaster who kind of well who absolutely lost his shit on the air, was canned, ended up in like the California Penal League for lack of better terms, yep. um, and and is kind of trying to work his way back up to and the show. It, is it? It's Hank Azaria. Hank, who, Hank Azaria is, it, right? is the lead. Yeah, uh, and and he's he's great. His character is fucking out there. But but his character is also awesome and he's human and uh, and I like the show a lot. I think it's season two, episode six. It's called Broadcasters Jinx. Hank Azaria's character Brockmire finally gets his chance to go to get in the show again. I want to say it's for the Braves. I'm not positive, but I think God. it's I think it's for the Braves. And he's sitting in the booth with the with the, the with the guy who's passing the torch to him. And in between being on the air. The guy's just a, an all-out racist, and Brockmire gets to a point where at the at, at the end he's like, he's basically like, "Fuck you! You're a terrible human being. I I I can't sit here and pretend that you're not a terrible person." So Brockmire like throws away his future to call this guy out. That's kind of that that's an admirable quality, even if it is a fictional. Well, for for were. a guy who for you know a season and six episodes had been this. This loser, this guy who had lost it all, for for him to be the hero was. Is, is of, I've cool. only seen like I I think I saw a few episodes of that. He's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a drunk. Uh, he's a he's he's correct. a drunk. He's an addict. He's a sex addict. He's 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 everything. But it, the the character. I mean, he's he's a very human character. Like you you can you, you can relate to the trials and tribulations of his everyday life. No, oh, right on. Yeah. So I, I mean, like I like I I enjoy the show because it's I mean like like. I can see it happening. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's real. But as soon as, like, I heard Tom Brenneman say the word and I was like, man, that, like, that, you just can't, you can't do that. You can't, I mean, I, well, like, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm disappointed for the sport. It's, 
Well, let's be real. This isn't the first time this has happened. It's not the last time it's going to happen. It seems to happen once every two years or so yeah. with uh, some broadcaster says something that he, I didn't realize that wasn't or, an, an, an okay thing to say. That's how my friends and I talk when we're hanging around. Well, good. Go talk to your moron that's how, that's how we. That's how like we that, grew that's, up. That's, yeah, let's, let, let's get rid of the hate. Like, seriously, like... You know what, dude? Like... I, I will say if if somebody found me a tape of like an announcer from the fifties, if somebody found me like an old tape of Harry Carey or Harry Callis or Vin Scully in a time when not that those words any of those words were ever appropriate, yeah, but were widely accepted, but these guys learned from their mistakes and became better people, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not saying I'm not forgiving people for having those viewpoints, but the, I, I understand the different time, different place argument. I don't understand how you can't be educated on that subject in 2020. You don't Agreed. get that as an excuse. You don't get I grew up that way as an excuse anymore. Yeah. You get to grow. You, you, I don't. I don't you care. You get to grow up or not. I don't care how old how old you are. If 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 you grew up and that's how it was, well, you've grown you've grown up. You've become your own person. If you can't figure out that's not the way to to fucking talk to treat people, go away. Yeah. Um. And we could probably go on about this. We, for, we could. I think we're both passionate about it. And it is what it is. We can't say anything that hasn't already been said. It's it look. It's one more thing that just looks terrible in the sport of baseball. Yeah, it's 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 a a sad little you know another another reason why people are gonna gonna turn away from from the sport or from the you know and like who I, I don't know it. I I get lost just thinking about these these things a lot of times where it's just like how does this and how does this stuff happen you know yeah. in this how day how do weird. these people make it to the to the place where they are without somebody calling them out on it yeah um, which is a in a, a pretty sad indictment of uh, basically the entire you know, human race the way. Yeah, at least at least in the U S here yeah, yeah it just keeps getting uglier from there folks yep. that's the truth so. Twins are still hanging in there. Yeah, I mean, we're Dolph, still in first. Still Cubs are still in first. Yep, Cubs are still in first. Um, I, I mean, I think I, I think for the most part, the usual suspects are where we thought they would be, other than the Nationals. The Nationals are, are in last, I think. Uh, Baltimore's still hanging. Baltimore's still hanging. Um, the Marlins, are, I think, are 10 and 9. They're still, you know, right there. So you brought this up to me the other day. Like, it feels weird to hear... Trade rumors. Yeah, really weird. So, I think it's weird because the season just started. I think it's weird because the season just started. I also think it's weird because it's almost September. Right. Yeah. The season just started, but we're also almost halfway through the season. Yeah, that's still the... Yeah. Like, that's, we're almost 30 games. That's, that's crazy. That's the juxtaposition of this whole season in general that's that's kind of hard to, to cope with from, you know, the perspective you're used to. But... I also find it strange in the sense of like, okay, we've done this bit before about prospects. You know, we've done this bit a hundred times about prospects yep. and how people are so scared to give them up for anything. Yep. How, what kind of moves are going to get made in a 60 game season? Not, not big ones. Like they're not like, and I understand, like, I understand we need page clicks. I understand we need to generate hype. I understand all those different things that, that come along with the reporting on trade rumors and Come on, the, my God, dude! I can't open a website without it being like, "Here's 36 trades that would make sense for every MLB team involved." Like, here's here's what I think may happen: you might see some teams get rid of some players with contracts they'd like to get rid of for for very little return. They're just getting rid of contracts. Do you think you may see more of the like player for player type of scenarios than you do yeah. normally? A lot of times, you see prospects for players. That type of thing. Do you see? Well, part of it, like like you alluded to before the season started, you have to be on the sixty man roster to yep. be traded. Yep. So you you have to have that. I don't know how many I don't know how many teams have flexibility left because I haven't looked at it in forever. Yeah, I don't know where everybody's, but I know that you can simply like place a guy on that sixty man roster as a precursor to trading him. Right. Uh, so that that can be worked around, but. I mean, do you think you see the scenario where this is the one thing that video games never get right, by the way, in their franchise mode? Yeah. Is nobody ever does the like, you need a third baseman, I need a starting pitcher. Here we are. Yeah. But like every time you play Madden or out of the park baseball or any of the other things, like when you get your trade offers, it's like, 
I am offering you a third baseman because you need one. You are going to give me the starting pitcher, and we're going to be happy. The contracts work out, and it all makes sense. It's always way more agreed complicated, way more obtuse than than all that. Well, I feel I, I feel like Major League Baseball is is generally more complicated than that as well. I that's very true. Uh, much like like most sports, I don't think that it's as complicated as we're made to believe. Well, I think it's different in baseball because because there are so many prospects because there there's so much unknown. In the in the NFL and in the NBA, if you're trading players, they they are either proven players or they are they they are established assets of some sort. Well, but that's why draft picks are always getting traded in, right in the NFL. Yeah, draft picks and prospects are essentially the same thing. Yep. you know, it's you're a three star prospect. You're the equivalent of a third round pick in the NFL. Yeah, not the player who got picked in the third round. The idea of the third round pick. Right. You know, not the actual panning out of a three star prospect into a three star player. The idea that he's a three star prospect. Yeah. So I just I don't see I get all hyped up all you want. Read all the trade rumors and this and that and the other things. Nobody's going to go out there and dump prospects to get a relief pitcher They're, to win this yeah, well, World Series. You're going to see relief pitchers be handed out like, like popcorn. I mean, they're like there's they're not going to hold a whole lot of value in a season like this. I you might see a fair amount of them move because you do most years right now. You, you might see one big deal. You you might see one big market team that's willing to give away something. To, to win right now because at the end of the at the end of the day a championship is still a championship I, I agree with that I just think that this one is less less valuable from that trade chip perspective it, it is but when you look back in 10 years and 20 years is it, is it gonna be no no but For, with with the history of the game the the season's not going to be looked at the same way no you, but you're talking about you're talking about buying this car on this day, yeah, this is what it's valued at, and it, and in ten years it might be just as valuable as any other car that came out in this time period. When, it may be looked at as a as a smoking deal that you got for that, but I don't think people are going to be willing to pay for that for that trophy what they would in a normal season. Well, that I agree with. I'll say two things. I think teams like the Red Sox are potentially going to have a fire sale. And maybe won't get a whole lot back, but they're just trying to clear some salary and and try to rebuild because obviously this year's not working for them. Um, you you might also see. I forgot what my second point was. I think a lot of teams I will. I think a lot of those teams, like the Red Sox, that's that's a great example of it. I think a lot of teams will go the um, attempting to have a fire sale route. Yeah. I just think again it to. To keep comparing it to like the NFL situation, it's like every year before the NFL draft, all I read about is that the team with the number one pick is dangling the number one pick in trade talks. Like, well, shit, yeah, they are. Have you ever seen what people get from the number one pick? For all the picks for, for a top five, all pick. the damn other picks. Yeah, teams that don't get the number one pick have to give picks to the team with the number one pick so that somebody else can get the number one pick. Of course, you're going to try to have a fire sale. You're Boston. You've got. You've been trying to get under a luxury tax. You got rid of one of the best players in baseball. And a giant, terrible contract. And a giant contract. You have all these things, and you're playing terribly. Of course you're going to try to have a fire sale. In, our, in one of the best, if not the, the best division in baseball. The Boston Red Sox have made J.D. Martinez available for trade. Of course they have! He's 30, what, 7? In a row. He's getting paid enormous amounts of money? Yeah. Of course they want something for him. Why wouldn't you want something for him? Hey, don't get me wrong. He's a good, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm, I'm, he's a good player. People would want him to join their team, but I'm sitting there going like, we can have this copy of the unwritten rules that we have hanging <laughs> in our... Place. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> what you'll see are players that have... Because generally speaking, what, what do we see at the trade deadline? Somebody who is on the last year of a contract. Right, yeah, a lot so, of somebody somebody who's not going to be with their team next year. Maybe what you'll see is more players that have a year or two left on a contract get moved. That that gives you a little bit of value because after this short season, you still have them for a year or two. I again, I see the idea. I just don't see, I don't see people being willing to make 
big investments like they have been. Well, in the past. teams like the Twins aren't going to. Like the Rays well, it aren't seems like going the Twins to. Are never going the to. The A's aren't going to. But but some of the big market teams maybe. I some some of the teams that have gigantic farm systems like San Diego makes a lot of sense for them. To what? Get rid of their farm system? To well, to get rid of a low level farm system for a proven asset. I don't know that it does necessarily, especially I, if they keep cruising along as they are. They still have to beat the Dodgers, which they're they're what in third in their division right now. Are they? I have no idea. I think they're third. The Dodgers. The Dodgers have the best record in baseball. I know that. But, and, I, and I think, I think uh, Colorado's still playing pretty well. But is it worth giving up some part of that farm system to to beat the Dodgers? In a have the Padres season? ever won a World Series? No. You think, you think they'd like to win one? I do. I don't think, think their fan base I, would like to win one. I, again, I don't. They're not. Think they're not trade. They're not. I'm not I don't trade think Tatis it's Jr. worth the investment. I think they'd like to win future World Series. I think they'd like to win one that nobody could ever put an asterisk on, because if, it was a sixty-game season. If they could, if this is the only season they could ever win one, they'd take it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you get a, what are you gonna go get a time machine? But, no, but it, call up Doc. They, they've been around McFly. forever, and they haven't won one. Don't if they have they, a chance? If they have a chance to win, I, I think they'll go for it. Are they gonna give up giant assets? No, they might give up some low-level prospects for for a proven starting pitcher. Hi. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> are, they, are they in need of a proven starting pitcher? Starting pitching is what wins championships. Okay, but or, the, or, but or the, maybe a closer because they lost theirs for the season. The, the Padres, are they in need of a, of a proven starting pitcher? Yeah, everybody is. Okay. Um, um, I will accept your I will accept your factual analysis of this situation. Let's take That's a break. Factual. Let's take a break. Let's come back with a top five list and uh, wrap this uh, week up, shall we? Sure. Yeah. Welcome back to the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. I am Mike, joined as always by my bestie, Glenn. Here I am. And our super producer, Dizzle. Hi. Yeah. I actually, I, you know what? I, so, the I, I have to give some production credit to uh, to Jill. Okay. Because uh, I was I stopped out for my traditional post-third segment cigarette, and the two of us just got chatting about this and that. And I'm like, well, I'm off to do this last segment. And he's like, hey, did you guys mention the the first guy born in the 2000s to hit a home run. And I'm like, oh, crap, we didn't. And then I remembered actually reading a story about it. So it's, um, is it Luis Garcia? I think so. Uh, who plays for the Nats. And he uh, was born in 2000. Okay. Uh, so he is the, he hit a home run the other night. He's the first player born in the 2000s to hit a home run in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and he was playing. I don't know if he was directly replacing him, but he was playing because Starlin Castro was hurt. Yeah, and Starlin Castro is the first player born in the '90s to, to hit, hit a home, home run, run in Major League Baseball. So kind of cool, little weird. It is cool and stuff like, like that works out. Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. Sort of yeah. bizarro, unsolved mysteries, fun <laughs> stuff. So, but it also makes you feel old. That's actually what we were talking about right, at the right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's that, but it makes you feel old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do we got? You want to do a top five? And You you had an idea for a top five. Okay, so we kind of got at that. We've been talking, we talked about video games a lot in the last segment. And I've talked in, at great length about uh, the amount of time I spend playing out-of-the-park baseball. So, I thought what what fun it may be to just kick off a top five all-time sports video games. Yeah. And I think we've come close before. We probably discussed a lot of these, and we did do a, like, vintage video game segment at one point. We but, did, recently. Um, 
but I just sports specific. What are your and and doesn't have to be vintage. Just across all platforms, across all eras. Yep. Top five sports video games. Well, I will say other than a Nintendo Classic, I have not owned any gaming system since we've been together. So right. in, in over eight years. With that being said, my number five, Tecmo Bowl. Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl? Tecmo Super Bowl. Okay, cool. I just yeah. want to clarify. Like, people seem to get, there's, people seem to think that Tecmo Super Bowl was only for, like, the, the next gen of consoles, like the Super Nintendo and the Genesis, but there was, like, a, yeah. Tecmo Bowl was, like, eight teams. Tecmo yeah. Super Bowl was when they had. It was all the teams. All Bo, teams. It was Bo Jackson. All the teams, most of the players, you could have a full season of collected stats. That was yeah. enormous at that uh, time. So, yeah. Are you going or am I going? My number five is Duck Hunt. <laughs> it's a sport, right? You guys are okay with that? Sure. I'm going I'm, with it. I'm, we'll accept it. Uh, okay. Yeah, totally acceptable. Cool. I, mine aren't in any particular order, so I'll just get out of the park baseball out of the way. Cool. Right now, I, I really, really enjoy wasting oh, we all know. my freaking time with that game. Uh, my number four is NCAA Basketball for the Super Nintendo. I loved it. I played it all the time. I I played it so much that I knew certain players could hit certain shots from ridiculous places on the floor, and I yeah. would do it all the time. It's when you, it's, it's always interesting to learn like the the makeup of a video game. Yeah. Like how it's built, and know that like that's gonna happen if you do that from right there. Yeah, there was a play, there was a play in Madden that I could smoke every cornerback with. Yeah, every time, it got to the point where it wasn't actually fun anymore. Because <laughs> like it felt like cheating. It, basically, every other <laughs> down you would call a different play just for giggles, but then it would be like, okay, it's third and fifteen, so I'm just gonna run this, this like smash corners is what it was called. Yeah, and you'd have your inside. And never mind, it's a long story. Dizzle. <laughs> My number four is from the original Game Boy, the 1994 Lilyhammer Winter Olympics, <laughs> which it had like speed skating and moguls and downhill skiing and a biathlon, and it was sweet. I remember having an Olympic game for the NES. I can't remember what it was called, though. I, I will say I, I did think about a couple different of the Tiger handheld games. And decided not to go with them on my list. Oh, the ones that would just yell football at yeah, you? Yeah. Then... yeah. <laughs> but I, I had one baseball game where it was it was like it was it was like a baseball diamond. It was it was huge. Um, and it was a lot of fun and I played it a lot. But I remember those. There, Jeremy and I used to play a game that was called VCR quarterback. Yeah. And like straight up you would like pull cards and it would tell you like, okay, you get it was like a board game. And then you also had a tape like shoved into your VCR. Which we we don't have time to get into explaining what VCRs are to the younger generation, do we? <laughs> You're editing. I mean, it's you uh, what you I, want. I don't know, dude. So, so I had to explain Gallagher to somebody the other day at work. Somebody who's like 18. And I'm standing there and I'm like, okay. So back in the 80s, there was a comedian who ended his act by smashing fruit with a sledgehammer. And like just this dumb final, I'm like, it was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. like a thing we were all into. He was quite popular. This isn't like some obscure thing that I know about. Like Gallagher was was big time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, VCRs complicated. Um, but yeah, we would like some of the cards you would pull up. It would be like VCR, and you would have, like unpause the tape in there and watch the play, and that was the result. It would show like great like NFL highlights. Wow. So it was really strange. Um, what, where am I? I said, You're uh, on number four. Oh, number four. I'm gonna do. Um, I've brought it up before, but mutant league hockey. Somebody, uh, somebody on my Facebook post today had I think mutant league hockey and mutant league football. Mutant league football was a thing too. I never got into that one. Yeah. But mutant league hockey had the same like engine as the NHLPA games did. Yeah. But all of your players were like mutant zombies and monsters, and you could have a demon goalie. It was pretty badass. Yeah. I don't even remember that game. There was blood. I, those games. I played it only a couple times. There was blood and uh, violence and fun. My number three, which I'm sure is going to be on your list, Fire is away. Punch Out. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. My number three is Tony Hawk. So the, Tony Hawk has like a million different games, like the Pro Skater League yeah. or like the different series. I'm pretty sure the one I had was called American Wasteland on the GameCube. 
and it was awesome. GameCube. Game. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like Sega Saturn. Like, that's obscure. Right. I had a GameCube. I had, like, a Madden game on it. One of them. That should actually be, like, that. that's probably number three. I have to just... I don't have a specific year, but somewhere in the, like, 2004 to 2006 is when I played, like, a ton of Madden. Yeah. And, like, I grew very tired of having to get the new... I never wanted any of the, like, whatever weird-ass innovations they came up with to the gameplay. All I wanted was, like, the new rosters. Maybe. Yeah. But then you also just kind of adjusted the fact that, like, you know what? I'm going to do this in, like, fantasy draft mode anyway. So, like, whatever, 2004, fine. Just got to remember that this guy was still good and this guy wasn't good yet. Yeah. It was always the trick with Madden was like you're playing the game while like some guy is being badass in the real NFL, but he's not in the game yet. Yeah. It, interesting. But like, yeah, that era, like 04 to 06 Madden. Okay. Uh, my number two is Madden. I'm pretty sure it was Madden 92. It was the first Madden that I ever had. It came. It came as a gift, I think, for Christmas or my birthday, uh, with my Super Nintendo. Right on. Yeah, there was. I was. I, I think like ninety two, ninety three was the beginning of the. Like I had, I, I had that. I had NCAA basketball. I had Chrono Trigger. I had um, Star Fox because that was badass. Yeah. Yeah. I never had a Super Nintendo. I had a Sega Genesis. Super Nintendo is still my favorite console ever. Nice. My number two is NBA Jam. And I, I think I originally played it on the original Game Boy, but I played it on other platforms as well. But Yeah, there's not a bad platform to play no. on. Yeah, my number two is NBA Jam, too. Nice. Well, perfect. That's my number one. Nice. Wow. Right. One, two, three. <laughs> um, yeah. I, would, I think we did a whole NBA Jam bit at some point or another. We too. did. And, I, and I, I've said it before, and I, I'll say it again. Latrell Sprewell and Tom Gugliotta on the Golden State Warriors were where it was at. I have no idea. I was always the Bulls. Of course you were. I remember the, yeah, I remember you had a good Bulls team. Last year. I had the fucking Timberwolves. My brother and I were always the Bulls. We would just take on anybody. It was the only time we ever got along. Dude, we, we had like, it was like Doug West and like Felton Spencer. Oh, yeah. You know Scary what I mean? Like, stuff. Just terrible. Yeah. Was J.R. Ryder in that? I don't know if Ryder was, in, was there yet. He had to have. Uh, Let's see, I got my Ryder jersey in like 94. It had to be around. Huh. So you think so. I don't know. I was probably listening to Men Without Hats while I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, safe dance and NBA jam. Wow. Wow. So my number one is SSX, which was the snowboarding game on the GameCube. Cool. There were a couple really cool snowboarding games back in the day. Yeah. That one was super fun. All right, so my number one is not Punch Out. Wow. Um, so I, I, I kind of toyed with whether or not I should have Punch Out on my list because I did. It, it's a little more of like a arcadey game than a than a sports game to me. Okay. It, not not like disqualifying level, but the other reason is because my number one sports game of all time is also a boxing game, and it's Fight Night. Oh, okay. And in particular, Fight Night Round 3. And I got it, and I tried to play it, and you couldn't just smash the buttons. Like, it wasn't just the button mashing thing. You actually had to, like, move the, like, joystick around to, yeah. like... And to do, like, combos different and way stuff. you moved and... it would be a different, like, swinging action. And I thought it was the stupidest thing ever in the history of video games. And then I learned how to do it, and my God, was I addicted to that shit. Yeah. I played Fight Night like over and over for hours and hours. It was I, I still love that game. I should fire it up. I should go home and plug in my. Do I still have a PS2. I think I have it on Xbox too. I don't know. Somewhere or another, I have some Fight Night that I could throw down on. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I I love that game. Cool. That's what I got for the top sports video games. Huh? I like it. Good list. I should uh. I should probably have had a shout out to like Tony Larusa baseball when Jeremy and I were. Oh, you probably should have learning about. But like, see that again out of the park. Like, that's the new thing that yeah. replaces that. That's the bit that comes in. I. You know who we need to give a shout out to? Who do we need to give a shout out to? The Pot on You Loons podcast. Ooh yeah! Just take those boys on in an NBA Jam contest. We could maybe do something with that. We should figure that out. We should have like a podcast. <laughs> NBA Jam tournament. You and me as the balls. Social distancing thing in our 
fucking bullshit. Fuck yeah. Dude. <laughs> you almost tried to throw yours away the other day. I stopped. I did. It was, in a, it was in a bag that I thought was garbage, and it wasn't garbage. Oh, you, you're, okay, no, like, you're, you're NBA. You're you almost accidentally threw it away. Right. Yeah. No. You almost tried to throw it away like you were in no, some no, kind no. of like bitter it was rage or something. Total accident. He thought it was a bag full of junk, and I was like, no, that's got to be that's gotta be legit. we got to hold on to that. It has your jersey in it. Oh, man. you got to watch your bag full of junk every single time. Seriously. That's if nothing, if we've learned nothing else tonight. After always be courting, and after a favorite game, <laughs> always watch your bag of junk. Well, that's a good rules to live by. Yeah, well done, valuable, valuable lessons, as always, right here on the My Franchise Baseball Podcast. For fans, by fans. Stupid pretend pop star.